Hello and welcome to the British English Podcast, the show that helps you learn British culture and British English. And uh, I will be introducing you to a lady called Adriana, who does a very similar concept to me, but uh, she comes from Australia. You're, you're not in Australia at the moment, but you are Australian. Exactly. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me, Charlie. I'm from Australia. Yes, but I'm not in Australia, as you said. Great. Okay, lovely. Thank you for coming on. So, Adriana, um, where are you in the world at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I'm in Zagreb, Croatia. So, in a lot of people don't know where that is. Close to Austria, in former Yugoslavia, in former Yugoslavian country. Interesting. And why are you there? Why am I there? I like to joke that I'm stuck here now. <laughs> but when I was <laughs> when I was younger, uh, I finished uni at about 2021 in Australia. And I do come from a Croatian background. We'd been back here a few times on holidays. And I was thinking, hmm, work a nine-to-five job in Australia, you know, get a mortgage, settle down, do all that, or try living abroad. I'm like, yeah, may as well just try living abroad. And then uh, I was here, moved, started working a bit, and then I met my husband, we got married, and we settled down here. And, yeah, I joke that I'm stuck here, but I really like living here. Ah, very cool. Yeah. So you stepped out into the unknown. <laughs> yes, uh, I like challenges. So for me, this was, uh, I like living in Croatia. It's very close to Vienna. It's about three hours. Venice is two and a half hours. You've got the Adriatic Sea. could be, depending where you want to go, about two hours. Uh, in Australia, Australia is a beautiful country. I'm very grateful for my education, upbringing in Australia. Honestly, very, very grateful. But um, I just like that there's so many different cultures so close by. Like you can be an hour into Slovenia, different language. Uh, Serbia is very close. Bosnia is close. Italy is close. I just think it's nice that you can go anywhere. But uh, growing up in Melbourne, it was also uh, every city, every country has its perks. But it's just so far away. <laughs> like New Zealand is close. Asia is, if you're going to Singapore, it's like an eight-hour flight. An eight-hour flight here, you know, yourself, you're from the UK, you could be, I don't know, like in, in being Doha pretty much from uh, Zagreb to Doha is about six-hour flight. So I think this was also uh, very nice and exotic for me growing up in Melbourne that uh, we have this luxury here. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's it's funny. It's amazing how, you know, what you grow up with, you're, you're used to and, and whatever you don't have is, is as you said, exotic. Like um, for me in, in the UK, um, coming to Australia was just mind blowing and, and coming to Sydney and walking around the beaches and the, and the harbour and going on these walks. I'm just in love with the place and the, the climate is so attractive for me. And yeah, it seems crazy for somebody to have such a climate like this and to want to move away from such a place. And before we get into the episode, I'd like to remind you that uh, we have a free worksheet available for you to listen along with, as it has some of the great intermediate to advanced expressions defined in a glossary. So head over to the thebritishenglishpodcast.com or find the link in the show notes to enjoy that free resource along with this episode. And I also want to say we've got the transcripts available for the full show, meaning parts one, two and three, all manually transcribed so that you can understand every single word. 
And if you really fancy it, we've even got the Academy, which allows you not only to recognize intermediate to advanced vocabulary, but also feel confident to use it correctly in the right environment. So for that, head over to the Academy. But if you just want the transcripts, then that's the premium podcast. But if you don't want any of that, just make sure you get the free worksheet over on the British English podcast.com. All right, back to it. Enjoy the show. To move to, um, yeah, a European country. Although the weather, is it pretty, pretty good for you? Well, it's funny, you know, when you say that. So here, at the moment, it's winter and it's very cold. And it's not very cold, but it's, it's cold. But a lot of people have, I'm from Melbourne. So when people are like, oh, Australia, it's always hot. We're always surfing. We're always in thongs and boardies. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, no, that doesn't really happen. If you're in the Gold Coast, in warmer climates, yes. But it, I'm specifically talking about Melbourne here, Adelaide maybe as well, and Tasmania. So I always tell my husband, we would, we'd gone back about three, four years ago. I'm like, hey, in Melbourne, we have these strong winds. And winters are worse for me in Melbourne when they're about eight degrees and it's very windy than about a minus 15 snowy winter here. Yeah. Everyone's like, why, how? And I'm like, dude, once that wind blows, you can't walk. It's just chilly. Like the the wind goes under your skin and I'm just like, I'd rather it be like two metres of snow and freezing weather. And he experienced this and he's like, wow, it really is cold. I'm like, told you so, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> And so it really depends what you prefer and everything. The summers in Melbourne a lot more. I just remember you can't walk out on the concrete here in Croatia. So summers can be 40 degrees, but you can be outside. In a, in Melbourne at least, at four, when it's 40 degrees, you can't be outside. It's just, it's just so hot. Like it's just scorching hot. You can't yeah, be yeah. on concrete. When you say be on concrete, are you, are you meaning um, like a, a real... Aussie, you're not wearing shoes? No, just, yeah, I, I don't do that real Aussie thing. I always wear shoes. <laughs> so, like, it really depends on the type of, can you explain that a little bit? What do you, yeah. do you see? <laughs> Sorry. So I've, I've been living in Sydney. I arrived in the Gold Coast and I uh, went down to Byron Bay within the first week. And the majority of people in Byron Bay Byron Bay, guys, is a, a beach resort and a beach town. Um, and it's what I would class as quite a hippie culture. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. And, that's why I'm asking you to explain this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, these guys um, don't really feel like even flip-flops or thongs for Australians um, are worthy of wearing. So they just don't wear any shoes. And for me, it's it's crazy. Like um, to walk around in the shops, go off onto the road and walk around where there could be like anything on the floor, they're fine with it. I wonder if they've got really thick soles. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I said it. And I did actually see it in Sydney. I saw it quite recently. Uh, like normal um, looking environment in a city and a guy was walking around with no shoes on. Uh, I'm going to be really stereotypical and judgmental here. So I'm Australian. I think this is weird. I don't understand how people do it. But I grew up in Melbourne. Melbourne's a city. Like... I've never seen anybody doing this in in CBD, centre of Melbourne. But if you go out to Torquay or to uh, Sorrento and that, you may see this there. Torquay more the surf, uh, towards the Great Ocean Road, you will see this there. This is strange for me and it's strange for a lot of people. 
you know, it's like 50-50. But up in Queensland, this is normal. I remember when we were on Service Paradise, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> you know, you have this stereotypical Australian that, that do this. And then a lot of people that live in Australia don't actually do this. And then it's just weird. It's like, oh, geez, all live like this. I'm like, yeah, some people do, but uh, the majority of us actually don't live like that. But one thing that we do a lot, and I I have this still here, is I love wearing thongs and trackies. So thongs, javianas, something I live in all the time. Like once it gets warm, I'm in javianas all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Ah, so I think we would say Havanas, which is interesting. And um, ah. obviously thongs for us is, is still very skimpy underwear. So um, it's good to know that you're in joggers and thongs. <laughs> Sorry, but I I know that half the world believe that, but you know, don't get any vivid imagery. That's just <laughs> sick. <laughs> but it, it's saying flip flops just sounds so weird to me. Like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I can I can actually relate to that. I I can imagine that flip flop is quite a weird word. So if you're not used to it, I, I would imagine it's weird. But it kind of makes sense because they do flip and they do flop. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. So uh, guys, this is kind of the first time that we've met. And so we've landed on different topics, um, getting to know each other. And this was why I decided it would be good to focus this episode on how to create small talk with a stranger. So the the first tip that I saw after doing a little bit of Googling uh, was giving a compliment early on. Uh, Do you feel like you actually do this quite quickly or does this come naturally to you, do you think? Yes, it does, but I wouldn't give a male a compliment <laughs> just because, you know, I'm a female, but I'd give um, a female a compliment. So I do this quite often, yes, and just about what they're wearing, a, a, a soft compliment, not like, oh, wow, you're so skinny, that's too harsh, or, oh, wow, you put on weight, that, that's not not commenting <laughs> on that, but like oh, something, what they're wearing, a hairstyle, maybe uh, a bag, their shoes, yeah, I would. Yeah. Okay. That that's nice. Yeah. Interesting though that you wouldn't um, give the compliment to um, the opposite gender. So that's that's something to to point out that people um, are quite sensitive to the idea that you're potentially flirting. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. And I've made this mistake in the past, and I'm like, yeah, no, I strongly advise against it. Sorry, but from my personal experience, if you're a female. Yeah. And if you're a guy complimenting a girl do you think that that can ever come across as non-flirtatious yeah I don't know like uh it, it depends the first time you meet somebody and if I met a guy for the first time and I never knew them in a personal setting I'd find it a little bit weird yes yeah yeah let's just say yes okay yeah yeah fair enough um I I thought that but then I I read about this and this is an interesting um take on things so Uh, It combines with the question of what do you do for a living? And some people feel like that question, so blunt, is a little bit, um, it is one that people avoid because it's quite uh, a traditional one. But a way that this guy has suggested to combine the two is to find something that they've done well. For example, they've made a joke or they've um, delivered some information that they said very smoothly or something like that and in instead of saying um oh that was really that was really good what do you do you could be you could phrase it in a way that leads to that 
So if they made a joke, you could say, are you, are you a comedian or something? And then that could open up the conversation to what they do. But I want to nip this in, your, in the bud because I feel like you might be resisting this. And that is because this was written by an American. So he said, oh, my God, you're so funny. Are you a comedian? That was my terrible American um, <laughs> version. But a British version, I would say that is too full on. That's that's too over the top and that wouldn't go down well. But maybe if you said something like that, that was funny. Have you ever tried stand up? That kind of would go down. OK, so just to try stand up means to try being a comedian on stage. Uh, what are your thoughts on this idea? Yeah, I like this idea. Or maybe just one tip I'd like to add in. And I know that when I worked in customer service, just one thing I really suggest that you do smile. So, you know, if you're wanting to start a conversation or keep the conversation going, like be a half-decent person and look just interested in the person and smile at them when they and maintain eye contact. I think that's really important just for confidence. And then maybe I ask some questions about the content or what the joke was about and seeing their interest in that. I'm like, oh, do you like this? And like, yeah. And then somehow they'll just share their job with you. Or maybe I'd ask them, oh, did you study? Did you go to school? Or where did you study? Then from that study, I can figure out sort of thing. Uh, Like, oh, yeah, I studied medicine. Like, oh, are you a doctor? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're, yeah, responding to the environment is an absolute necessity. And what you said earlier also um, is so true. It's not necessarily about what you're saying. It's about how you're presenting yourself. So a simple thing in British culture, certainly, is a smile. Sometimes um, we forget to when we're walking past each other. But um, a smile goes a long way. Eye eye contact is massive. And um, I think there's a a really obvious difference between active listening in the body language and um, yeah, not being so curious. And I think that is one of the biggest traits that allows other people to open up and they can they'll they'll tell you what they do without even you asking that direct question. Yeah, I think when I meet somebody new, I try to listen. So I'll ask maybe a question. Hey, how are you? Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? So I do this in my podcast. Then I listen what they share. So and then I process. Okay, I sort of have like these light bulbs interested in, for example, Charlie, Australia, Britain. Then I'll just have these ideas popping my head. Like, okay, which one do I feel comfortable asking a question about, and which one can I talk about more? So I wouldn't be following like a textbook uh, sort of script on what to ask. But bringing this up, and then I remember it came up that you studied psychology. Uh, I was thinking that maybe to ask you about this, but then I forgot because something else is more interesting, or maybe then I could relate more to it. So uh, when I meet somebody new, I really try to listen and organize my brain into different topics, like, I don't know, food, health, study, and travel, and then find a topic that I can relate to so that I can share something, and I know that they will share something back in this. Okay, so from what I've heard there, you're being quite mindful about what their actual content is and what they're telling you um, and forgetting some um, lists as if it was. And um, you're being present with the person that's communicating the information rather than thinking like a bad interviewer, what's next? 
what, what, okay, they're talking, so it gives me time to think about my next question. So you're not, you're doing the opposite of that. Yeah, I'm opposite, but this was like an interview, but even in informal settings, so at a wedding or somewhere. And also in this situation, I hate when I meet someone new, like, I'm Adriana, I do this, I do this. I'm like, yeah, right, mate, good on you. <laughs> I, I, I really hate when people introduce themselves and it's all about them. So I really mm. like to listen. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I feel comfortable sharing. But I, I like to listen and absorb and maybe not ask direct questions, but indirect questions to test the waters to see how what they're comfortable sharing and what they're not comfortable sharing. And then if they've shared something, like, for example, oh, I don't know, I started here, then I'd feel comfortable sharing, oh, I started as well, like just uh, adding on things. Well, that kind of relates to uh, the approach that I was going to bring up next. And oh, sorry. It's, no, 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 it's perfect. It's a, it's a good segue. And it's, it's called the R approach, the A-R-E approach. And the idea is to um, have an anchor standing for the A, um, which is commenting on something that you are both experiencing at the time. So as you said, it it could be what they are giving you, what conversation they're giving you, and that's coming up and and you want to comment on that. Or it could be something visual that you're both sharing, like if you're at the wedding, you know, a typical one would be like, oh, the bride looks so beautiful, doesn't she? Um, Or um, anything around you, like it could be something funny, like, oh, that waiter just did a terrible job, didn't they? And then you're you're anchoring a a similarity that's something you've you've both experienced at the same time. And then it moves on to a reveal. And this is saying something slightly revealing about yourself to allow the other person to open up. So I guess you were saying that you like to listen to them and you like them to maybe reveal something about them and then you feel comfortable to reveal yourself or something about you rather than just saying something cold and hard straight away. So it shows that it it might be a good way to um, get the conversation going by doing exactly that. So you, you comment on something that you've both experienced and then... For example, that that comment about that person that does a did a terrible job waiting, being a waiter. Sorry, I would actually maybe say, oh, but he did a je- better job than I could do because I, I got fired in my last job as a waiter. And then yeah, that- and then I, I'd and then I'd be like, oh, you got fired. Maybe I'd ask. I'd be thinking, oh, is this guy a bad worker? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, that's that's a great cue to ask more questions. Like I'm automatically interested. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's, and it's revealing, it's showing that I'm not defensive or like worried about what you think about me, hopefully. So a reveal is, is quite a nice point there. And then it goes on from the, uh, the, that, that one, it would be to encourage. So I would say that thing. And then you're wanting to know about my, my bad work history, maybe. So what would you say? What would you say back to that? If I said, oh, I got fired in my last job. Uh, wow what happened <laughs> I think that would be I don't know fire just sounds like you something really bad yeah something dramatic so you're wanting to know instantly yeah so then I, I would say a little bit about the story about like um oh, I was a drama on Facebook and the friend posted on my boss's page and then it all got awkward or something um and then this encourage open the conversation up to them would be have you ever had a, a dilemma at work like that and it's just instantly giving the conversation back to the other person and allowing them to feel comfortable because you've revealed something about yourself. 
I think this is really important, this last question, because I've met so many people, like in, in speaking English, speaking foreign languages, and they reveal, they don't ask a question, and then I'm like, do you not care about me? And mm. This just shits me off the wall. Sorry, it really annoys me mm. because I'm like, are you so self-centred that you can't, uh, like, ask? But they don't mean this in a bad way. But this can be misinterpreted if you reveal something, you don't ask the question. Yeah. So I think it's really important to ask that question as well, not to just assume that somebody's going to reveal. Because for me personally, I won't reveal unless you ask mm. or unless I'm really bored staring at a wall and I'm like some boring wedding, then I'd probably just talk because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. And I can I can relate to that. I would say that, um, yeah, that, as you said, they're not doing it deliberately. I think learning a language and being the student, there's a bit of a, a different psychology there. And I also think sometimes it's, speaking practice for that person so they feel less encouraged to make the other make the teacher talk yeah i understand i just think you know if you're a second uh if english is your second language you try and have conversations i think they'll use this method that you've talked about but also just really keep in mind eye contact smile and ask ask a question but don't in the beginning, maybe you may be too direct and you may not word it properly and some may think that you're rude. But, you know, analyse each time you've asked that question for somebody else to reveal so they get better at asking questions, being subtle, more direct, funny. I think that a lot of second language learners really have the problem of asking for questions or just speaking. You're going to make mistakes, but stress less. The more you do it, you'll get better. That uh, happened in my own personal experience. And I just know that you can just analyse it a lot better. Very nice. I think that's a, a lovely place to leave this uh, part one on small talk tips. But we're going to be putting these tips into action, into a role play between the two of us in part two. Do you know what your level of English is? If not, then how can you tell if you're even improving? Considering you are no longer a beginner in this journey, you should be doing everything you can to show to yourself that your hard work is paying off. To do that, you need to know where you're at right now to be able to recognise the progress in the future. So... I have a quick and easy English level test for you to take right now for free to instantly find out what level of English you actually have. Head to thebritishenglishpodcast.com slash test me or find the link in the show notes of this episode. Um, we're going to be trying to do it straight away. So no practice and we'll see if we can example what we're suggesting or if it's going to be an absolute fail. So if you want to join the fun in part two, and then in part three, where you'll be able to enjoy some more casual listening practice around the certain topics we think are acceptable and not acceptable to talk about in English with people you've just met, then head over to the website link in the show notes of this episode or simply type in the British English podcast.com and you can enjoy the full episode, the transcripts, extended glossaries and flashcards for you to revise all of the native expressions that have and will come up in this conversation. So check out the premium podcast or get the full experience with the Academy, uh, where you not only learn the meaning of the language, but you come away feeling confident enough 
to actually use the language yourself, which is what it's all about, right? But if that's all you wanted from me today, then grab the free worksheet that is also available on the thebritishenglishpodcast.com and I will see you next week. Uh, if you wanted to find out more about Adriana and how she teaches the English language in her Aussie way, then check out the links in the show notes that I've left for her. Uh, but Adriana, where would you suggest people to look for you? So you can find me on my website at www.englishteacheradriana.com and on social media, search for English with Adriana on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, all social media platforms, pretty much. <laughs> You're everywhere. How's TikTok going for you? Oh, I love being a teenager, but it's hard work. It's hard <laughs> work. <laughs> hope to see you in part two if not i've been charlie baxter on the british english podcast and you've been a bloody good british english student until next week bye for now mm-hmm.